missed you. You know what? I I don't know that I've ever missed you more than more than this moment where you left this last week. And partly the reason for that is because I had to take care of the tech regarding the podcast. So that's how selfish I am. The fact that you were gone. I know hosting with John was was fun. I think that people liked it, James. But secretly, I was like, I, I'm nervous the whole podcast, the whole time that I was going to screw something up. <laughs> it's pretty easy. You you hit the, the start recording button, uh-huh. and then you hit the uh-huh. stop recording button, correct? So thanks for, first of all, throwing me under the bus with the listeners. But yeah, no, you're, you're by the way, that literally was it. Then there was one email you sent me about going to the advanced settings, separate the audio tracks. But I start like blacking out whenever I'm faced with a new task. It's a really weird thing as a chess player to not have like critical thinking skills outside of my comfort zone the the worst part i think of of it for me not necessarily this is sometimes when things are so simplistic you're like there has to be a gotcha somewhere there has to be what am i missing because it can't just there can't just be a big red button that says start recording and then it starts recording it can't just be that (laughs) no that, that is not even a shameless plug for zencaster which is the tool we use everybody um if you're ever if you're considering starting a podcast of your own, but it, it, we don't get anything for that. By the way, why don't they sponsor us? That's a good question. They should. You know, I wrote a blog post on Montemagna.com about how to start a podcast and what equipment you need, and I even do a whole thing about ZenCaster on there as well, which is pretty cool. I'll put that in the show notes. But yeah, I, I'm actually pretty good. Pretty good buds with, and I say pretty good because AKA I emailed them once. That's how you know you're good buds. (laughs) You you know, these days, that's all it takes. You emailed and you got a response that didn't say, please remove me from your list. That means your buddies. (laughs) Best friends. Yeah, they're super nice people over there. And yeah, we we use it. It's It's been really good. So, I mean, first off, what an amazing podcast. I got to actually edit the podcast. So, in editing the podcast, you actually spoke directly to me, which was one of my favorite parts of listening back to the podcast, because if anyone's listened to last week's, which many of you had, there was a part where Danny says, I don't want to say that this is the best podcast we've ever recorded because yeah. James is listening, but it is right. the best podcast. And I go, Oh, thanks. <laughs> 52 episodes with the Danny. And I see how yeah. it is. No. Okay. Obviously, you know, I did that on purpose because I just, it's secretly, that's me saying how much I love you. And Obviously, I, I do think it was a great podcast, mainly, I mean, 99.99% because of John. It had nothing to do with with uh, my contributions. But he he really, he, he went he went deep, didn't he? I mean, I asked him questions and he was just totally honest and, and really let it all out there. And I just enjoyed the conversation. It was fun. And, and I think that, I think that um, I, we need to get you a guest at some point too. Danny disappears and you have a guest just so you feel like this relationship is even, right? Like I cheated on you. Now you get to do the same kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was listening. <laughs> li- I don't know. I mean, I never want to cheat on you, Danny. I don't, I don't know. I just, I know. I don't know if I could do that was it. A, that was a bad example. I really don't agree with that. You know, eye for an eye, not a good mentality, but I, I am, I am very happy to have you back. Well, I'm glad that we have some new listeners. I'm glad to be back. I did miss you dearly, but I, I think it's really cool because uh, John is such a great guy and I watch you guys on amateur hour all the time. So it was interesting to actually, even though I called the episode amateur hour, it is something completely different. And I really enjoyed the topics that you and John talked about. I thought it was great that you had a lot of back and forth going deep and down and we learned a lot. We learned a lot. We experienced a lot of things. Emotions were had and a podcast was made. It was a thing of beauty. You know what? That's not to be confused with how babies are made, how podcasts are made. That's how podcasts so, are made. So, um, which sometimes making podcasts can lead to making babies, right? But um, that's a whole nother discussion. That is a whole nother discussion. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> All right, well, I am good. I'm glad, glad to be back. And I will say that it was kind of nice to have an actual holiday. You had a holiday recently. Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of awesome to kind of just go away besides that. On Monday, we did take like 24 hours of flight to get back. So we had to go Spain to Frankfurt, six hours in Frankfurt layover, then 12-hour flight to Seattle, and then light rail home. It was a whole experience. But all said and done, even, you know, all the negatives of flying and being up in the air and a little, you know, tube in the air and little micro portions of cheese and butter that they serve you, all in all, I had an amazing trip. I feel pretty refreshed. Uh, uh, overall. And it feels really cool to be back home. Uh, I came home to about 8,000 boxes from Amazon, which what a great day. 
That's how you know. As you're like, <laughs> like Christmas come early. Yeah, there you go. And I and I, I told I told H Town. I go I go. Hey, I'm going to go pick up our packages. I decided to use that word. Yeah, yeah. Our packages. Uh, there were right. 15 packages. One for Heather. <laughs> you ever seen that show? It's me or the dog. No. What is this? It's me or the. So this dog. is a show where. Um, one spouse is, is obsessed with the dog, the animal, and the other spouse is usually, usually like kind of a, like just not a dog lover, like not an animal lover. Sometimes they like dogs, but they're just really upset about the particular dog itself, the behavior of the dog. Um, and so it's a reality show where they go in and create a whole bunch of drama, a lot of staging, but there are some really funny moments where, you know, basically it all leads to the statement that's said, which is, it's me or the dog, right? <laughs> and I feel like with you and Heather, at some point, we maybe get you guys on it's it's me or the Amazon packages, because your, your addiction of ordering for yourself, whether at home or on the road, it's like, it's like this like self, it's like, do you get a, do you get a hit of dopamine every time you press order on Amazon? It's uh, it's straight to the veins. I, I straight to the veins, right? Straight to the veins. It's the, I used to have this issue with Kickstarter. I used to just be bored sitting around yeah. and I go, Oh, <laughs> what can I do today? Let me just go fund. And I felt good about myself because I'm not only getting a great reward, you know, 50% yeah. of the time, but I'm, I'm investing in these great entrepreneurs that are just like, there's like, oh, why not quit the job and go for it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then you never get anything, but you're like, ah, oh, whatever. And that would just be like, every time I'm like, Oh, I just order something. I tweet about it and I go Kickstarter, Kickstarter now. Yeah, just just Amazon stuff. I can't help it because, you know, we were here's a funny story. So we're sitting there and uh, Heather gets this email from Scott's deals, like air, airplane deals. And she goes, she goes, oh, man, we can get like a trip to Bali for like 700 bucks round trip. And I was like, cool, let's do it. And this is like one o'clock in the morning in Spain. So then uh-huh. we book this trip just for like over the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, this fall to go to Bali. And then all of a sudden I'm like, like dopamine kicks. I'm like, well, I'm already buying stuff. Like, what if I buy some books, buy some research paper, buy this thing? Like, what else do I, what can I get ready for this trip? And then I start thinking about, well, you know, I'm thinking about Danny and I'm thinking about what else is he missing? We had a great conversation about workplace coffee situation. So we spread out all over Spain and we're starting to look for coffee stuff as we're drinking coffee. And then I'm going on Amazon, I'm reading coffee things and I actually got like a really cool combo of new Amazon slash Spain coffee situation for the office. Because if you remember, Danny, I know it was a long time ago, but you were kind of contemplating the at work away from home coffee sitch. And I, well, I've, I'm still contemplating and I and I, I'm all I'm definitely um on board with the idea of improving the situation here so that the Keurig, the Keurig is like, it's like temptation. Like I'm pretty sure when Jesus was talking, he was like, you know, like get thee behind me Keurig, (laughs) right? You know, like, you know, lead us out of, lead us out of the temptation of Keurig. I I just, I don't like that when I need a cup of Joe, like I hit the Keurig and the Keurig, whatever. And I, so yes, I'm still in that boat, but, um, but yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm still I'm I'm kind of knee deep on. I'm just following you and Heather like through Spain right now. So we we were we were in Spain and we did all the we did all the great touristy things. We saw all of Valencia. We hung out with our friends that live in Spain. Homemade paella, just a whole bunch. We of, ran with the bulls. Ran with the bulls. Uh, we didn't necessarily run. Apparently, running with the bulls is actually a little bit frowned upon in Spain. Oh, it's now frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. I thought it was a. It's still a thing. But mostly still frowned okay. upon. But we did go ah. past the the place where they do it. Uh, um, but we rode some bicycles. How cute are we? We rode some bicycles. We right. went to the beach and hung out. And we did all the things. All the things. And like doing all the things, you do a little shopping. So this is kind of the, the coffee exploration. And there was this shop called, uh, Heather kept calling it Ollie Hop, but I call it Ale Hop. And I, and I put a link in here. It's... It's really interesting because they have, it's essentially tchotchke, and I love that word. When and it's like gadgets and like gizmos. Joni Joni loves tchotchke. Jo- Joni loves tchotchke. Joni loves tchotchke, and they yes, and they have just weird accessories. It's essentially going on Amazon and just typing in like cell phone accessories and like here's all the junk that you don't need. Yeah, and we came across this thing though. It's like a this is interesting a coffee topper, and I'm using it right now. And I sent yeah, it over to you, and, and it's called a cup cover. 
which I thought about it because what's the one problem that you have when you go into the office? Well, the problem that you have, or even just at home, is that you pour your cup of coffee and it's in a mug, which is nice, but then you're having a conversation, you're crushing some code, you're doing some stuff on Slack, playing some chess, and then your coffee's cold. You don't like that. You don't want that. So this this silicone to me every day. The silicone co- top cover was like three euros, and we got the avocado one on top. It's just a little thing, and and you just plop it right on top, and it's so strong that it will lift a coffee coffee cup. You know the coffee cup that you're that I sent you. It will like pick it yeah, up. Yeah, the uh, the amazing one that I have in front of me right now, with no coffee because I didn't want to have Keurig at the office, but I have the amazing soundbite. Yeah, so this is great, and everyone needs one of these. I, I'm sure it's on a- Amazon. So how does so does it like suction on? Yeah, it's like, like suction. It's like it's. I just. I'm. That was me taking it off. I just did it. So it's. It's. <laughs> that, was, that was aggressive. It was. It is. So you just plop it on, and then immediately it's like no, and then you can lift a corner. It comes off, but the little topper, and everyone's got to see a photo of this thing. I'll put it. It's in the show notes. Just click on the alley hop thing, and it just like suctions right. And you can slide it off. And I made this coffee. What? Over 11 minutes ago, Danny, in my soundbite mug, still piping hot. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, I have one of those. So there's so many, you know, I have the, I've got the thermal mugs, right? That kind of keep both cold and heat, right? I don't mm-hmm. have the crazy Japanese tech that we reviewed. Um, what was stuff. that? Probably a few, few episodes ago now, but I remember it. On, on my, at my office here, I do have a little Mr. Coffee thing. I don't know. I mean, people who watch the, the chess shows I do, sometimes I make fun of the Mr. Coffee thing I have next to my, Next to my uh, desk here. So I do it. And that's something that Luke got me actually a couple of years ago. Um, so the Mr. Coffee thing is nice. Obviously, it heats from the bottom, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's not super energy efficient at all. Like, honestly, the reason I don't use it during my shows is because if I turn it on, a lot of times I forget about it. Mm, yeah. So then it gets like super freaking hot and it's like super, it's like a super energy drain. Then you touch it and you burn yourself. And okay, like, I'm not. I guess I need to pay more attention to my surroundings, but I, I sometimes bring in a cup of coffee. I'm having a meeting, getting ready for a show, and I'm like, oh, I'll use Mr. Coffee here. And I'm like, no, if I do that, I'm going to forget about it. Mm-hmm. And if there's a little bit of coffee at the bottom of the mug, anybody who has a Mr. Coffee knows what I'm talking about, and you leave the mug on top of the Mr. Coffee, it like burns the coffee into the bottom of the mug. Because it, it's like sitting on a mini stove, right? Forever. And so it slowly kind of evapor- it evaporates the coffee and then burns it to the bottom of the mug. So I actually had a time where I left it there for a few hours before. Re- and I was like, oh, crap. Like now I've now I've like ruined the mug and I just felt bad. And yeah, it's this it's this I've actually contemplated about this, actually, which is so weird that you have one. And I didn't know this. I've always thought about this. How do I keep your coffee warm? And I'm, I'm pretty sure I just linked it to you. The one that you have is this Mr. Coffee mug warmer and you put a mug on top of it that's so interesting yeah, we have is, one is, but for candles this is the one i have this is the one you have yeah this is the one i have and it, it's great i don't don't get me wrong like i do use it i probably use it a couple times a month but i i do worry when i use it and i because i had a couple of bad experiences of forgetting it so maybe that's all maybe that's just a learning lesson and i need to forgive myself and move on i don't know but i i definitely i clearly clearly i got some ptsd about this or i wouldn't be talking about it right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so I mean, what does it all come back to? The moment you take it off and then you sip on, you're like, oh, not only is it really piping hot, but then it's also actually changed the flavor of the coffee. Exactly. That, that is part of it, too. If it overburns it, if it gets too low, that's it's really great if you put a hot cup of coffee on, it warms it, and you basically still drink it within like a half an hour, right? It mm-hmm. keeps it warm throughout that time. But if you if you are relying on your Mr. Coffee to heat your your your... Your, your your Joe experience, whether that be an afternoon Joe, a late morning Joe, you're uh, you're 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 going down the wrong road, Joe. Nobody likes so, that. Nobody wants that. Nobody likes it. So I did. So the silicone thing, I think, may be your solution. And if you just go to Amazon and type in silicone coffee lid or whatever, this there's a bunch of them out there. So this this isn't exclusive to Spain. You can get it anywhere. But then it also had me thinking because the Keurig situation and we were at, I, I, I swear this actually happened in real life. We were out in another part of Spain at an Airbnb and they had a Keurig there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put in the little pot. I'm going to make it because it was early in the morning and it tasted terrible. And I go, now it reminds me of what Danny keeps talking about over and over again. I go, he needs a simple way to make coffee at work. And I said, well, what's the problem with a pour over coffee? Well, you got to get the swan goose neck thingy. You got to measure it. You got to grind. You got to do the thing. 
And then it had me thinking of the the blue bottle pre-ground packs, you know, since you're a blue bottle right, subscriber. That's coming, right. But that's not out yet, right? It's not past beta. I think you can get them. I think you can order them now. I think you can, when you order your coffee, you can say, hey, throw some in there. Just throw it in there, you know? Don't quote me on that. But, uh, you okay. know, blunt, blunders.fm slash blue bottle, if you want to subscribe, get $10 off your, for your second purchase. There you go. There um, you go. Right there. <laughs> And, uh, so I was like, well, so what's the, what's the problem here? Because I have pour overs, I have French press, I have all this thing. So I'm like, you really want a single cup of coffee. You don't want a whole thing and a lot of cleanup. So I ran across this OXO thing and I'm a big fan of OXO because they're overpriced goods. Uh, but this thing was this coffee maker. And what I thought was interesting about it is perhaps it would be the solution to Danny's problem. So instead of telling Danny to go buy one, I just bought one cause it's a dopamine hit. I'm like, Psh, bought and uh, I got home and I had it. And this thing is really interesting because the idea is that it actually controls the flow of water. This is like this is like Coffeehouse Blunders product review day, um, yeah, uh, essentially. Product review. And I actually made a video. I'm going to do some editing and overview over the next few weeks and get this done. But I unboxed it. It's like $16. It's called the Good Grip Single Serve Pour Over Coffee Dripper with Auto Drip Water Tank. If they could use that any more buzzwords. That was a mouthful right there. Say that five times fast. That Oxo Good Grip Single Serve Pour Over Coffee with um, too many. I'm, yeah. I'm tired hey, at this it. point. Uh, oh, pass. Pass. So this is interesting because you you still have to grind the coffee and you have the little pour over thing. You put the coffee in and then you put this little see-through thing on top and you just fill that with water. So if you had a hot water option in the Keurig or something else or some other hot water vessel, often offices have hot water tanks or cold water tanks. And you just fill it up and then it will automatically control the flow. So the idea here is that you put in the filter, put in the coffee, fill the thing, set and forget, come back to it. And it actually works very well. And I was thinking maybe this would be your kind of at work coffee solution for better coffee. But I don't know if it does enough to really solve all of your problems. It's 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 there, though. And now I just, you know, I'll have my coffee set up at two different places. I think this is. This is a huge, I mean, honestly, I feel like I didn't know this was going to be an intervention about my work office coffee situation, but I'm, I am on board, right? You know, like when you have an intervention, I don't know if you've ever been a part of an intervention. I've been a part of like 20, but you know, when you have an intervention, all of a sudden you're like super surprised that the person you're intervening with is like totally on board, right? <laughs> like, yes, That's let's do this. Yes, I, I agree. I need to quit the, quit this habit. I need to give it up. You know. Um, anyway, that's what I'm doing right now. I am I am on board with this with this new product in my life. I really am. But yeah. Uh, so sorry that I distracted the entirety of the first 20 minutes of this podcast. No, I mean, we about... haven't we haven't gone on a deep dive into coffee and the experiences hence with in a while. So that was needed. Honestly, you know what you did? You just brought the show back to its roots. Bam. Bam. You know, which is yeah. about, it's about over a couple of over caffeinated dudes using their anti blue light glasses working online. You know, I, by the way, do you got these anti blue light glasses? <laughs> I, I'm just, so I do not have, I know what you're talking about. Uh, those are on Shark Tank, weren't they? <laughs> I feel like I should throw them on. We should get a picture. So funny. Uh, this is so funny. It literally, literally is turning into a product review day on uh, Coffee House Blunders unintentionally, but I, I'm wearing them right now. And when you take them off is when you really feel the blue light, right? Mm. And um, so I use a couple, I mean, for those who don't know, if you're interested, I guess I'll put a link there. So I also use the uh, the Flux tool. You know of the Flux tool. I do know of the Flux tool, correct, for um, Mac, for Mac. Yeah, well, it's it's for Mac or PC. Um, hold on. I'm going to Flux. 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 Thing. Flux, I, I flux, I flux, just get flux.com. So here we go. I'm going to link this Got thing it. up in the show notes. So, um, you know, flux slowly lowers the blue light of your workflow throughout the day based on your time zone and kind of helps you to sort of disconnect without some of those huge withdrawals, right? You're staring at like a massive, amazing 4K, 5K retina monitor, but there's a lot of blue light hitting you. You know, and so this is sort of slowly lowering, um, not the resolution, but the the amount of that, um, you know, whatever. I'm not smart enough to, you know, to say exactly what it is, but it's stuff that's not good for your eyes, right? Okay, well, we'll say that's the scientific term, the stuff that's not good for your eyes. Um, 
And but then these blue light goggles, I I got them because a developer for Chess.com, one of my one of my favorite dudes, uh, Martin, recommended them. To, I saw him wearing them. I'm like, Martin, what are those funny looking things? Are you you know, are you what are you doing here? Right, you're leaving this to go continue your you know your rave or something? Like what's going on with the goggles, bro? Um, he explains it. I start wearing them, and now like half the content team is wearing them, which is the group of dudes that I deal with mostly. When we have our weekly content meeting and more and more people are throwing these glasses on hmm. um are they are they it, yellow tinted or are they see-through yeah or yeah what they're, is... they're yellow tinted i'll, I'll okay. bring up the uh i'll bring up the exact ones i have here on amazon Blue um, just light. for the peeps i'm looking at them i want to know the exact model because i really hope that they're the ones that stretch all the way across your face as if you're as if you're a bumblebee and it's just like <laughs> that's what I really want the whole chess.com team to be wearing when you walk um, into the dev portal there's so many of them wait, I actually can't see what what is my brand again let me see the brand it is oh it is it's wait it's gun gunner oh gunner. they're gunners oh my Gun, so there's the gamma these are mm -hmm. gunner gunner glasses gunner glasses originally known by the way for video gaming for gaming really? is where gunner got started yeah in esports themselves and now, now that chess is an esport now i understand why everyone is wearing them yeah i mean i you know so this was a road i never meant to go down but i think sometimes people find it interesting to know here we go now i found the exact model that i wear these are on my face root about new um, just had a meeting with my favorite Canadian coworker, Michael Green, who says a boot. Um, I love when he says a boot. I'm like, hey, Michael, will you tell me about this feature, this product feature? So the main thing about this project, and he just, it's so adorable, you know? And uh, anyway, I know, I know that people love when I make fun of accents, but uh, that's, that's just, I love, I love talking about it. Now, the official name of this product is Gunner Optics Intercept Computer Gaming Glasses Block Blue Light Anti-Glare and Minimize Digital Eye Strain Perform Better Target Objects on Screen Easier Prevent Headaches Sleep Better Reduce Eye Fatigue. Yeah, and so here's so my my uh trend my, my uh road to this to this place that I'm in now actually started three or four years ago now. For those who don't know, and those who follow like early shows or have seen some pictures of me on the web. I, I was wearing glasses regularly for like six or seven years, but at a certain point, um, the eye doctor recommended LASIK for me. And he said, you know, you've got like zero stigmatism in your eyes, super oh. healthy eyes. You've got the kind of vision that really just should be good. So like you would be a great candidate for LASIK. You should consider pulling the trigger. So I did it, you know, dropped, uh, it, you know, it was expensive, but one of the best decisions I ever made was getting LASIK. Wow. And you know, after that surgery, which felt like nothing, it's just like you look at it and they kind of burn your eye a little bit. Okay, the, the post the post twelve hours is is rough. It's it feels like getting shampoo in your eyes, and you just can't get it out for like twelve hours. So you have to like that part of it is rough because you get kind of nauseous. You're like, gosh, this is really really sucks. You know, um, but if you can close your eyes and just kind of pass out for a little bit, then you can get through it. Um, so, but after LASIK, one of the common side effects, the most common is people struggle with having dry eyes because, yeah. you know, you basically burnt away, you know, a layer of your eye, not necessarily skin or whatever it is, a layer of your retina. Right. And, and, um, as my vision became around now, I see 2015, I, I have great vision now. Um, and, uh. I, so what I also have in my office here is a whole bunch of these little anti, they're, they're preservative-free eye drops. Hmm. So for those who have dry eyes, you, you keep them in the fridge. It feels really nice because then they're cold. And then you drop these preservative-free eye drops in your eyes. Um, also, they make it look like you're crying if you're into that. If, like, you know, you need, you need to kind of fake some tears, you know, that's also a super cool move to pull in front of your boss <laughs> if you're arguing about a product. Just drop some tears in your eyes and you'll be like, dude, are you crying? Oh, my God, you care so much about this. Um, pro tip, pro tip. And, uh, so then, then combine the dry eye treatment that I'm constantly doing for myself with the, you know, the fact that I really want to take care of my eyes. I mean, human beings have not experienced several generations yet of what working in front of all these computers is going to do to our body. Right. I mean, there's a lot of theories about the cancer and the radioactive, you know, the, the waves that are in the air and, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just play one on TV. And I, I, I do think that we should be considering, you know, doing things that we can to take care of ourselves, given that we're kind of in un, untraveled territory as far as people that work in the field that we do. Yeah, it's 
True. I mean, not only that, it's, I, it's that constant eye strain. And just also I got started this morning at what, 7am and I got here, I turned on my, my artificial sunlight because I'm in this little office. I have this little artificial sunlight doohickey that's just blaring a nice. Is it, is it a doohickey? Why not a doohickey? Um, it's a do thing or my job. Um, do okay, thingy, cool. but, but thing, but thing, the light, the source, yep. the thing, it, it works. Uh, and it's it. the same thing because I was getting that eye strain and I don't have, I'm at the home office today. I don't have windows that are pouring in light. So this is really essential for me, uh, to really, I don't almost wake you up during the day, but also takes a lot of, of the strain off your eyes such early in the morning. So, um, it's, it's yep. nice, but so would you say that, well, that, that these glasses make you a better chess player? <laughs> Is that an official uh, thing that you could say? Would that be a funny? Would that be a funny? Like I use, I use Gunner anti blue light glasses. It makes me a better chess player. I think the answer is no. <laughs> um, Do you use them when you the, play uh, chess over the board? I, I <laughs> OTB. I mean, you you could. That would be kind of a cool little thing to do, right? I mean, it wouldn't be like wearing sunglasses. Some people do that, right? We've seen like like uh, we've poker. seen a lot of people wear sunglasses in like poker events and stuff. But uh, the um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it does anything other than make you look a little creepier than you previously would have in a company Zoom call. So, <laughs> but if everyone's um, wearing it, then it's the norm. And then the one person that doesn't right. have them, they're not. the weirdo. It, it's like, it's like, oh, so what? You don't care about your eyes? Are you too good to care about your eyes? Are you too good for right? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I'm I'm knee deep today, man. I mean, we've been doing product reviews here of these things we use in our offices that are kind of silly. But I'm knee deep in product discussions, which is it's it's kind of fun when you when you're you're finally getting around to like a core group of people that really want to help make, make one of our features better. Right. It's like me and Eric and Dallin and Michael green. Like we're like kind of diving into the, the pros and cons of our current tactics experience and all the things we really want to do better. And, but sometimes those conversation, sometimes those conversations just like, they get oddly personal. It gets deep and personal real quick. At least in our company, like you, you can you can verify this. I uh, like when we first started. Like you, you were you, you were making coffee, so the podcast delayed a little bit. I I started going back into this conversation, and I'm like, I gotta I gotta close Slack if this if this podcast is gonna work, right? Because it's like you know we all represent different demographics of our user base, honestly, right? And, you know, different people representing certain things about the current experience they want to protect, like the integrity of the rating. And, and this isn't, you know, not everyone can just be a grandmaster. Chess is hard and, and you, you can't just change the experience to be X, Y, and Z without negative consequences the other way. But then other users, you know, other, other you know, people representing the, 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 the perspective of, you know, it's not, it's not enjoyable enough. It's not rewarding enough. We need to to figure out a way to engage users, you know, so that it doesn't become too difficult too quickly. And everything is a valid, valid argument, right? And we have this weird position where we're always trying to serve every part of the community. Not, not a weird position. It's part of the, part of the cool thing about, about what we do. But anyway, today it just got, it just got wild with us sort of saying, well, you just don't appreciate this user's experience, you know, and you don't like me either. Like you're not coming to my birthday, that kind of thing. So Product product development. I have a lot of conversations with not only at work here, is pretty near and dear to my heart because, uh, you know, H Town's a developer. She's working on products. I'm working on products. I'm managing products, and it's hard because you get so attached to a specific product, to how you think it should work. How some people have been using that product for a decade, and they go, "You can't, you can't, you can't change this because it's." It, it's this way and that almost sometimes can right. limit innovation in a product, especially when you're trying to onboard new people and still please people that have been with you and paying for a decade. And I think that's the struggle of product development is trying to innovate on something, but please everyone. And that's why when a new fancy schmancy 
website or product or competing framework comes out, we talk about this on Merge Conflict, often is it comes out as like a JavaScript framework. There's something new and shiny all the time. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Then you forget about this other thing. Well, what about the millions of people that were using that thing? They can't just switch off into that new shiny thing. But it's that it's yeah. that dopamine hit. We're like, look at this new shiny thing. We got to go do this thing. We want to go do this thing. But is that a distraction? Like, is that thing just a distraction from what's really important? And that's what's hard uh, to make it distinguishing without being data driven um, and using some analytics or some metrics to, to really get that. But at the same time, sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes you got to take a risk. Sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit. So, well, it's funny that some, some of the, I mean, cause part of the argument you're right leads to the, the camp that, uh, okay. I think it's no matter what you're saying is a little different. Like sometimes you have to risk it. You have to roll the dice and, and see how, how things go and understand that there will be backlash naturally. So, and, and that's okay. Like people wouldn't be using your site and subscribe to your site if they didn't care about it. And their opinion is, is super important. Right. And then there's your, your opportunity to kind of grow it because you think it could be better um, as far as the experience. But, like then you look at people like Apple, right? Or you, like when does a company get to a point where they're just like, we're changing this, and whether you like it or not? That's my favorite. Right? That's my favorite part of Apple. They go right, and then mm-hmm. they just change the power cord, and you got to buy all new stuff. And then you do, and, and, no, of course, exactly. Your your sarcasm is noted, right? That's our least favorite, a lot of people's least favorite part. And then I talked to my wife about like why she, so she like never updates her software on the on the on her iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. And and she and she tells me Sean is like. I'm like, honey, like, you know, there's like a three, there's like two new versions out right now. If you did, like, I, I was trying to use her phone for something. She's like, I don't upgrade until they make me. I'm like, do you realize you are literally the bane of my existence? <laughs> like you just described the users that are, are, are driving me nuts, right? Because when we added and we launched our new site, right? The new version of chess.com, which took forever, you know, it was, it was a full front end and back end rewrite. We were changing the framework and this, and honestly, we made so many we made so many mistakes during this last few years that have cost us both in the bottom line and in terms of public perception where we just, okay, if we had it to do over again, we would have never done a massive change the way we did. Things would have been much more incremental and, and much better. I'll just say that for any of the listeners who who actually are some of those users who've been around from the old version of chess.com to what you experience now. Someone like you doesn't even know really there was an old version of chess.com, right? I mean, you're just mm-hmm. using what's there now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so... All the mistakes aside, there are just certain users who just like, no, I'm going to refuse to upgrade until you force me. And once you force me, I'll do it and I'm going to keep using it. And so then I try to like argue that with Eric. I'm like, look, at a certain point, we have to pull the trigger because the the you know, the, the cost to maintain the older experience and the things that we're not getting to because of bandwidth and resources required to maintain old database structure and these things that you know, it sounds like whatever excuses, but people just don't understand, right? I mean, like even our our biggest competitor, the second biggest chess website in the world, like doesn't compare to like our 2.5 million games today. I mean, it's just insane the amount of data that we have to do. And, and it's like, we have to make some changes, but we have been stuck in this product like, like mud pit, you know? And when is the right time, right? To just go and when is the right time? And so- but we've continued to go really slowly and try to make up for our mistakes of the past and really make sure that everything is making like every user happy. But but then you have someone like Shauna who just described like she's never going to be happy, but she's also not going to stop using the product. As soon as she has to switch, guess what? She's going to do it. Right. So what should I not even be talking about this in a podcast? Like, is this once again me? Danny goes way too far with workflow explanations. Right. Uh, no, it's uh, it's 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 it, it's interesting. It's also the the bane of some of my existence and what I do at work as well. I think that I have to take every single library I create, every single app I create, and sometimes you have to make that cut. And you're right. There's there's certain companies. It's really it's so interesting to watch the industry when someone such as Apple can say, "Hey." this is how it is. Like this is how we do it. And actually as a developer point of view, when Apple comes out and they say, Hey, um, it's a new version and we're just removing all that stuff, like tough luck, you know, and they, they do that. They come out and they make, uh, we deal with that all the time. Right. Like when they launched, when they launched the iPhone 10 too, it was like, Oh, you have to like, we didn't give you any forewarning about this. And you're going to get a bunch of bad reviews in your app. If you don't immediately do like some serious 
under the hood stuff, right? To mm -hmm. make an app compatible for both the iOS, for both of the iOS versions there. Yeah. It's like, do that you, was a headache for it's us. It's like, do everything. And then you have the flip side though, where you have Google, which is, can we make everyone happy? And they have to do all of this work and all the OEMs. And then it leads into this other experience of, we always say it, which is once you put it out there, it's hard to take it back unless you're Apple yeah. and then unless you're Apple and you can just do whatever you want. It, it's, it's amazing. And it blows my mind and I love it. I love them that they can do it. At least there are some companies that can make that stick in the ground, but they have to be comfortable with upsetting X users at the end of the day and upsetting X developers. But if your ecosystem is so big and you are the platform, then you can't argue with it. And that's what makes it yep. so interesting. I think is you know, competition is good. And, you know, when we were in uh, Spain, I gave uh, HVL an Android phone so she could use it international because she's on Verizon here in the States and she doesn't have international. And she tried it out and she was, she definitely, I don't think she enjoyed it <laughs> as much as uh, her iPhone, but at the same time, it was a good experience. Like she was able to get Google maps everywhere. She was able to make phone calls. She was able to do everything that she needed to do. But at the end of the day, she comes home and she's like, Oh, I'm just want my iPhone back, you know? And well, that's the thing. People get used to it. And I think of the same thing. I'm like, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of something I'm going to change. And then I'm not, I'm not cause I'm, I'm used to it and, and whatever. And I, Oh man, you're right. It's just, can't we all just get along and not get along at the same time? <laughs> That's what, that's, what, just, that's what we need. That's what we need. We just need to get along and not get along at the same exact time. I, anyway, but that's that's a sharing a little bit of the, you know, the the behind the scenes of chess.com's kind of big picture product discussions today. And and I'm I'm actually really excited about our year in regards to some of the things that we're finally going to be getting to. And that's like, I don't want to go down that road because it'll either sound like a shameless product plug or just lead to what I don't know, but it's, it, I am really excited, but it is, it is funny when you get into those discussions with, you know, everybody cares about it, but everybody's representing a different part of our, of our user base and, and with it a different, you know, essentially demographic and, 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 you know, call it what it is monetizing or providing those users with what they want and would be willing to pay for is totally different from strong experienced tournament chess players to brand new beginners and doing all of it within one platform it's just you know it's just a lot of work and that's the fun and it's also sometimes a little bit like like really scary and we've gotten so much better i don't know how much how much a b testing do you guys do like we've oh. got that's one thing we've really been improving right you have to do a ton of it mm -hmm. yeah it's really hard you have to do just ridiculous amounts of a b testing and just i don't know do all the all the all the things all the time <laughs> essentially that's what happens uh it's it's actually it's not only just AB testing, but it's all this data and analytics and gathering how people are using your products today. How aren't they using your products today? And it just kind of spirals a little bit, which is yep. so interesting. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a lot to do and it's a lot to try to incorporate and keep up as products evolve. But then again, not upsetting anyone. And I think what's interesting is if you look at a site such as Amazon, I think they deploy like code, like every five, 10 minutes. It's just like nonstop. Yeah, no, and, I think that, and so we've, we've gone more of that route too, by the way. I mean, we're doing a lot of it under the hood and then you've got a million and a half beta servers. And sometimes, sometimes that leads to irritating things. Cause like Amazon can do that. Okay. I'm not saying they have any of an easier job than we do, but when, like when you're doing events, the only time that gets tricky is when you're doing time sensitive stuff, right? So you have a whole bunch mm -hmm. of people on the back end in mission control room on Slack, they're reviewing code, decide that it passed the security test. You know, they, they have, they go through their check, check boxes, right? And then everything goes live, but there's something on like the content, like a user facing issue that didn't get through checked. And now now it like affects a big event or a time set. So that's the only risk of that where you're doing things all the time. So we've we've actually improved a lot of our workflow this year with like a company calendar that, you know, um, you know, manages some of this better. But um, and we could talk about this forever. But it is it's been a big part of um of our our growing pains of of going from, you know, we've gone from like 15 people to 100 people in the last two years, you know, and yeah. that's. And it's just a lot more thing, a lot more chefs in the kitchen, and and uh, so it's fun. But uh, hey, what 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 is the what purpose of this show again? Like what <laughs> what what is happening? Well, I, I, I feel like I should just get over my existential crisis at this point, and just be willing to just flow with life, 
Forrest Gump did. Let be the feather, be the feather that floats through things. And, you know, I don't know. I feel like I always ask the end of this, like, wait, did we do anything good today? Did we create a podcast today? Is that what, did that happen? Did we create a podcast today? (laughs) So I have to share one more thing about my kids. I promise I won't do everything about my kids. All right, just a little bit more about my kids. I love your kids. So Talia, so Sean and I used to, I mean, you you know Talia, and I'm telling you, dude, I cannot wait for you to hang. You got to get, you need to go out of your way to get some one-on-one time with Talia when you get here for our uh, our baby sister's wedding in June. Um, the the conversation Sean and I used to have when you have Nash, Warner, Hazel, and you know my kids, like just like massive personalities and all kind of crazy. And by the way, they, you know, they never stop talking. You're in a room with three people and there's like an exponential amount of conversations going on. There's 18 conversations going amongst three people, right? Each of them to like, you know, the multiple of six. And it just like, you just, it, it makes you want to blow out your brains. But we were like, how is a fourth human being? How is a fourth entity going to enter this environment and survive? Well, we've learned that that entity would be, you know, the, the maybe the, the, the smartest, the most stubborn, and the most outspoken of all of them. And last night, she sent her big brothers to her room and told her mother she was never, ever going to bed again. And she's two. She's like, I'm never, ever going to bed ever. again. Ever. Ever. And then then she's helping me with the dishes and I hand her a dish and she just starts stacking them up like in like this like pyramid, like that I'm wondering when it's going to fall. And at this point, I'm like, I'm rolling the dice. Like if she breaks them, this is just awesome. Like how high can she go? You know, so she's got this like stool that she pulls up. And anyway, I just I had to tell you, like Talia's baby 11 has has gotten out of control. And last night she told her big brothers to go to go to their room. (laughs) she's the best she i mean i don't want to i don't want to pick favorites danny but she's sort of the best so i don't know what to tell you what do we what did we talk about today on this podcast what is what is happening is it where is it the jet lag what is Is it we talked about we we did an impromptu product review which sort of rhymes so that's cool um we talked about the struggles of you know, dealing with, with product, with product, we, you know, we're, uh, what, what, Shia LaBeouf, in moment of doubt, in moment of doubt, just say, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, On a positive note, Danny, even though our whole, our whole thing has been positive. So don't, don't me think that you didn't, that I didn't think it was positive. The whole thing positive, but I got to make sure that we did a podcast a few weeks ago with a contest. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. And I picked a winner randomly. Okay, let's do it. Winner time. And they got, they got some chess.com swag, not just a membership, you know, a little bit of swag coming their way. Yes. A little bit of swag. Awesome swag. And the winner is Nathan Westfall from Twitter. His handle is at time wasting. Uh, it was At really cool. Time of wasting. Nathan uh, tweeted, which was really cool. It followed followed the Twitter account. Also tweeted said, "Check out Coffee House Blunders podcast for chess tech and coffee." My favorite episode is episode thirty six um, with Daniel Wrench. Uh, he's imagining Daniel Wrench in the corner of a Disney hotel bathroom, yep. trying to get the audio quality on his laptop mic. Um, and posted a link to Blunders, which was awesome. So I reached out. We got some goodies coming your way. I, I see the thread right here. I'm also going to congratulate him. Um, and uh, yeah, you got some chess goodies coming your way too. So obviously tweet at me, Nathan Westfall, your username, so that I can immediately upgrade your account to a Diamond membership. Diamond are, Diamonds are our Twitter user's best friend. I'm scrolling through. We got a ton of engagement for the best podcast ever, the one with John Urschel, of course. Mm-hmm. Um and <laughs> no, the, we got a ton of, this was actually a lot of, this was actually a lot of fun. I want to give a shout out to everybody. If you are a new listener who found us because of John, hopefully you stick around and, uh, and learn to love me and James. I got to tell you what, if you fake, you got to fake it till you make it sometimes. If you're not a huge fans of me and James, so just, just pretend that you love us. Like say it to a few friends. Hey, I gave these guys a five-star rating and I really love their podcast. You say that a few times and believe it or not, you're going to convince yourself of this lie. Okay. Yeah, you're going to, so you're that's going what I'm asking you to do. Yeah, <laughs> just just believe, believe it. Believe in yourself. You'll do it. Yeah. 
<sighs> oh man. So who's so. better to podcast with, me or John Urschel? Come on, it's you. Uh, but there's uh. nothing wrong with John Urschel either. John is John. Actually, I don't. I'm. I want to. John wants to start a podcast. You're putting me on the spot here. I mean, you should do it. You should do here, it. Here's the thing. So John, the interesting thing about the podcast with John was I had those questions prepared, right? I had to ask him about coffee, ask him about blonde. I wanted to give our users, you know, a chance to get to know John through the context. Because at that point, we have, we've built up our following and now we're introducing a guest because you're out there enjoying, enjoying your holiday, your well-deserved holiday. And so mm-hmm. I thought that that was really fun. But, but I think that as far as this environment, you and I are bringing what the, this podcast is about on a regular basis. I think John and I could really get behind a little more of a, of a power user chess podcast. He and I were talking about it, where we talk a little more chess only and see where that goes into life, where I feel like you and I are the perfect fit for, for what we're doing here. So is that, is that the total cop-out answer? You're both perfect. You're you're both different and special in your own way. I like that. I appreciate it. that. Makes me. Nice. I mean, I've never put you on the spot. Who's better to podcast with, me or Frank? Oh man, that's a tough, that's a tough decision. But you know, I love my bestie right in front of me. <laughs> see, see, it's hard. It is hard because you know Frank's going to listen to this and he's going to say, James. You know. By the way, shout out to Frank. Those of you who don't know, uh, James' other podcast, Merge Conflict, it's much more hardcore tech. So let's say that. Like you've got this hardcore tech podcast where you and Frank dive into other areas of things. John and I might be super compatible. I would be the back spoon. He would be the front spoon. Mm-hmm. Like, but if we were put in that bed together, I think our spooning would work, but it would probably be focused from chess as the center, whereas you and I start with start with um what what do we start with on this? Like what 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 are we doing what here? What are we doing here? And that's a great way to end a podcast. So what is this podcast? Nobody yep. knows. Except for that, it's just two, you know, two besties that, you know, like to coffee and chess and sometimes technology. And then sometimes they yeah. come together. Hey, isn't that literally what it says at blunders.fm? <laughs> a, a couple of besties. Uh, a weekly chat with chess international master Danny and coffee snob Mots on all things coffee, chess, technology, and the lives of these two adorable besties. That is what it says. <laughs> that is, the, by the way, James wrote that as if anybody needed to to guess that it's just you are. I think you should be a podcast um, like intro, like for hire, right? <laughs> on, that was that's on great. this week's Coffee House Blunders. Danny and Mott's talk about coffee, chess, and tech. Yeah. Okay every time all right all right buddy well this has been you know highlight of my wednesday that is for sure every wednesday uh ditto yeah ditto. all right well give the family some hugs some snugs i'm really excited that in about a month i'm going to be snugging up right beside you in beautiful arizona so it's going to happen yeah we will who knows what will happen but you have an amazing day have fun one thing to know about danny before we go he types really fast i got the the joy and pleasure of hearing danny type on slack and he is a machine. It is I, it's amazing. I, I've been told that I that I type like I'm mad at the keyboard. And so what's interesting about you hearing that is this is a noise canceling. I got the silent Logitech keyboard, mm-hmm. which I really like. Mm-hmm. It is it is nice. And it like has this like soft texture, but I still I haven't checked my words per minute in a long time, but I'm 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 pretty fast. Yeah, it, it sounded legit. I was like, whoa, this dude must have taken professional classes. Like, no, dude, all I did was play that rocket game where the rockets are coming at you, and then if you type fast enough, it like shoots a missile and kills them. Did that for a while. Hashtag seventh grade typing practice. Boom! I did uh, Mario teaches typing. Thank you very much. Oh wow! Yep, uh, pretty much amazing. That's a throwback. Yeah, that is that is. I never did that one. I'm looking for some typing classes for my kids, actually. So I'm glad you said that because I I told them I'm like just play the Astrid one online. They're like, Dad, like that game hasn't existed since like 1976, bro. I'm like Nash, I'm not that old, dude. Nash, get back, go go back to your Fortnite. You don't talk to me. Um, <clears throat> this is the problem with our podcast. We could just keep talking like this forever, <laughs> like just like shooting the breeze. Anyway, but okay, send me. Uh, let's let's do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look into a good typing, a good typing tutor. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I when I got started in high school, so not even in high school, in grade school, I was the last class uh, for we had a typing class. This is when you would go to school. I don't know with anything about kids anymore, but 
we went to school and we got a typing class and we had typewriters. You know those things where you you type and then if you make a mistake, you'd start all over. We had a typewriter and what the teacher would do is she would cover the letters on the typewriter with pieces of tape, like electrical tape. So you couldn't see the letters. You could only see home row and the little notch. Cause you know, on home row on the F and J key, there's the little yep. thing that's your home row. That's your, yep. your comfort zone. That's where it's like, mm, that makes sense. I'm home. And, yep. and that's how I got started actually typing and being proficient typing. But I, I think kids nowadays, I don't know. Do they have to do that? Or are they just like machines or they do? They, they do pack? learn it much faster. Like Nash has never had any traditional training, but I can tell you he's already pretty good. I mean, mm. and he start. we got him his first Chromebook like a couple of years ago when he started to get into, uh, you know, the schools have sort of moved toward doing a lot of things in Google Drive and they they manage all these school accounts, which is great. I actually love how, you know, his he's in middle school. So we're going to have to get Warner a little Chromebook too soon. But anyway, sorry, I'm digressing into dad mode. Um, Anyway, but we got him a Chromebook, and at first it was like, you know, the two index fingers kind of like, you you know, you roam around the keyboard as if the finger itself is going to tell you where the key is, you yeah. know, and you're like, so, but now he's at a point where he 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 types pretty quickly for someone who has never had any training. Um, and I don't know, I think he just kind of figured it out because like any like anything else with kids, right? It's just like the two-year-old who swipes left, enters your passcode, goes into your pictures, accidentally texts you know, your, your friend you haven't talked to in a while in an awkward spam fashion. And, you know, and, and, you know, so this is same thing with that. Definitely, definitely not based on a true story at all. That was just from the top nope. of your head. Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. Not at all. All right, buddy, go play some chess, yeah. go make the, some, you know, big decisions, go get it done. You know what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go move some bishops around. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll answer some questions about checkmate. People, <laughs> a dentist, one of my friends, oh, every time I have a stressful day, like he works out with me, we do CrossFit, and like, oh, I got, I got so much going on today. He's like, what? Somebody forget how to move the night. I'm like, I'm like, you know, he's like, he's like, I got real because he's a dentist. He's like, I'm fixing people's teeth. He's like, what are you know, what are you trying to explain a new way to do checkmate? He just like say the most whatever, right? It, it, it's kind of funny because it becomes like a joke, you know. Um, but uh, anytime I'm going back to work, people are like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go move some, push some pawns around the board, dude. <laughs> That, that's uh yeah essentially yeah i'm gonna go move some bishops make some checkmates uh -huh. i'm gonna you know set up yep. some 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 nets I'm make sure all the bishops are still stuck on their color and uh and i'll report back next week everybody until next week move those bishops How about